heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. It is Malcolm at 8 to welcome into the voice of a nation, my fellow Americans and all of our dear friends around the world. And it is a strange world indeed. One of the biggest things, these crises that are happening all the time, and um, it it just seems to me like they're using every narrative they can uh, to create, well, I guess more fear into people. Like things are spinning out of control. It does feel that way, doesn't it to you? Uh, it, it surely does to a lot of people, like it's spinning out of control. Well, as I often say to you, actually, uh, like the earth is off its axis. Uh, it doesn't sound nice, but it is accurate, isn't it? Uh, something has sort of, it uh, feels that way some days where things have shifted a little too much. I mean, you got a lot of these events that are happening uh, that they try to pin to climate to here. That's a pretty consistent theme. Because uh, it's a moneymaker, and it's a huge moneymaker for the climate alarmism. And, of course, it creates a, uh, a, a real menu of opportunity for the globalist uh, to be able to do what they're trying to do. Uh, Earth has always, I mean, we're blessed, first of all, to be on this planet, this amazing blue marble and the, and, and the marble of the universes here, the universe of universes. I always say, I mean, we're blessed. I mean, we're blessed to be on anything. But, you know, weather is not something you can predict. I mean, you can't predict, never. You couldn't predict it, you know, thousands of years ago. You couldn't predict it last year. You're not going to be able to predict it tomorrow either. You know, it happens. It happens, whatever it may be. Uh, But when you can, I mean, you know, I think oftentimes about other planets and other areas of the universe. And you think about Earth and you think, again, how lucky we are in all that is here and and in God's world, right? This is God's world here. And so you think about that, and it's not accidental, friends, how this all works out. Um, It's amazing to me sometimes. So we all look at life that way. You know, I look at the human body and all of the moving parts in all of us, and I realize it's a a miracle. Earth and where it is and the universe and the position to, uh, well, the moon and to the sun uh, and to all of it, uh, in the fact that we can do this thing is also a miracle. These are all the miracles of life. Um, but oftentimes, uh, these people are trying to pull these uh, narratives into other agendas, and they create fear. Fear is the name of the game for people. Uh, it always has been. And as I talked to you about yesterday and covered, there's no more news. It's just anybody's opinion or thought process into anything. Nobody's really getting, nobody's challenging you or getting you to think you know, outside the the normal media lines, number one. And two, a lot of people are just lazy. Uh, They're not doing the backdrop, check the research and figuring stories out for themselves. Um, Journalism is dead, as as I've stated to you, it's gone. So there's nobody reporting just just the facts, (laughs) ma'am. Just the data, just the facts, ma'am. It's a a whole different, uh, you know, it's a whole different uh, thinking process today. Uh, and it's because evil people are uh, uh, in, in control of these narratives. It's, it's what they're doing. This latest big story, it's a series of stories I want to talk to you about today, friends. A series of things, and we'll dub this one the Valley of the Shadow of Death. Hmm. 
That ought to make an interesting day, huh? Uh, some of it we'll cover today. I want to talk to you a bit about Maui, uh, what's happening. I haven't really opined on Maui at all. A lot of our people have, our team has on America Out Loud, but I, I've kind of stayed removed from it. Uh, frankly, I wanted to see where some of the story was going uh, so we didn't look like, you know, rambling idiots and know what's really transpiring out there. Uh, but that is a, I'll tell you, that is a, that is a sad story, man. That is a, it's a wicked story. It's a story I don't think we really can grasp right now. It's a story that in the future, people are going to, and, and even in the very near future, we're going to look back and folks are going to look back and know that this was, this was really something else. All avoidable, totally avoidable. It, it didn't have to be that way. And there's reasons why that is, friends. There really is reasons. And a lot of this becomes, you know, Hawaii, first of all, and, I, I, and I'll digress in a moment because I, I want to get there a little bit later in the program. But, you know, it, it's, it's even a little more communist than California, frankly, I always say. Now, it's a debatable point. It's my opinion. I've been there many times. I understand the, the makeup, but I've watched their politics and, uh, and the way their governments are. I mean, they want to give, give them water to put out the thing for several hours. I mean, they were fighting to get, I mean, can you, I mean, these stories are nuts, nuts. The guy who's got the alarms doesn't even use the uh, uh, the sirens. I mean, and then defends it. I mean, I don't know. I just I better get off of that. I digress. These things are so outrageous with what's going on. But we'll cover Miami today, anyways. And then um, the sudden deaths that are happening with athletes. And uh, uh, the cool thing about today is they got Doctor Steve Tulip uh, with me, and he's the one to have when we're talking about that topic as well. Because as an MD, he can speak far better in this uh, area than I. But uh, these uh, sudden deaths are a real problem that are happening, and they always come without explanation. You notice everything goes silent. It's it's uh, you know radio silence. <laughs> Uh, when any of these things are happening, you know, 23 years old and, you know, these kinds of ages, it, it just doesn't supposed to not. I don't think it's supposed to happen that way. Maybe he'll tell me differently, but I, I don't know. In my world, it's not supposed to happen that way, you know. So something's wrong with all that. And we kind of start to add it up. And it's a problem, you know. But I want to start today with this lead story that I think is eye opening. It is a breaking news story, my fellow Americans, and it is. The death of Prigozhin from the Wagner Group. Um, this was the uh, the man. I was going to say gentleman, but I don't think he was a gentleman actually. But this this uh, gangster, uh, and you know, it takes one to know one, I guess. And I speak about not me, not me. I'm talking about him and Putin, of course, you know. And uh, but, uh, but he um, really was. Uh, un he was uh, sort of a. Uh, uh, he 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 gave a lot of trouble to Putin. Putin was uh, and Putin doesn't do well with enemies like that. Usually, you can be rest assured they end up with a bullet in the head, uh, pretty much always. So, what's transpired here is a private small jet plane. Now, how convenient is this? Uh, with seven passengers and three crew members, and just coincidentally, Prigozhin was on the plane, <laughs> and uh, it went down. And uh, he, and they've all they're all dead. I mean that's it. And uh, and and this is after some other strange set of circumstances and events just in the last many days. He evidently did a recruitment video a couple of days ago, 
Uh, you know, because they, they have this Wagner group has their arms and all kinds of things all around the world, actually. And they you know, we're talking about Africa. Africa is going to be the new Wild West, by the way. Make, it's already there, but it's going to be more so. That's why China has moved a lot into Africa as well. And uh, these mercenary type groups are all over the place. And uh, Africa is going to be it's, it's a tough, it's going to be a tough place here. Um M moving forward, I just just have a sense about that. I don't know. Uh, well, let me ask you, Steve. Um, here, do you what? What do you? Th I mean, I, I say that about Africa, and I, I, I've actually thought about it many times. With, beyond this story, I'm talking about, but I don't know. There's something about the makeup about what's going on in Africa, and and then with this story here with Prigozhin, I just kind of think it's I don't know. It's going to be the new Wild West ahead, but it's not there already. What do you make of that? Well, uh, the entire African continent is pretty um, widespread. There's a lot going on there. I think it's always been a little bit of the Wild West. I have spoken in the last few years with many people who uh, are residents of Africa who were visiting here, and I will be talking with them on one day, and everything is just copacetic. Things are going good. There's always some fighting factions, but they leave people alone unless you are associated with a certain group who happens to be the target, you know. But then the very next day, it'll change. And, um, uh, you know, from east to west, north and south, you have so much variation when you say the continent of Africa that, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's really hard to summarize. But, but it's kind of really native are. and prime that something, I mean, I, I guess... I, I, I guess what I look at is it's the kind of uh, country land that is prime for um, takeovers, evil people to rise, just like you're seeing a lot of these um, insurgent groups and you see a lot of the... Um, the ISIS type groups are out there. Jihadists are all over the place there. You've got China in there as well. You've got these mercenary groups. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Every... Every um, great yeah. country in the world, a power, you know, world powers have interest in Africa for obvious reasons that, that you're saying. It is, in that sense, a true Wild West. Yeah. And he did a recruitment video uh, trying to make Africa more free, I guess you say here, and uh, uh, and um, uh, interesting and try to do like recruit people into the into the group there. Right. That he that he does. Uh, yeah. I, and, you know, what does he really mean by make Africa more free? I really don't get that because, uh, <laughs> I don't, you know, I, I just don't know how, how he would define more free. Well, he's a he's a Marxist. I mean, he's a, not Marxist. He's a, he's a gangster. So what does that mean when a gangster says more free? What does that mean? I don't know. More bullets right. in the it's head? A, I don't know. Right. It's a tough question. It depends on what side he's on. And that depends on who he's paying, who's paying him. Rather. So, right. Uh, right. Hard to right. say. Yeah, it is indeed. All right. So this plane here now, the last reports we're seeing on this, it, this was shot down. Is that is that a correct statement? It was shot down. I did uh, observe the video of it. There's no doubt that it looked like a plane that was taken down by two surface to air missiles. And, uh, you know, it was definitely in an out of control spin uh, going down until it crashed. So, yeah, there's absolutely no survivors there. And um, I was surprised to hear, though, that uh, it was shot down by the two air defense missiles. Um, and I asked myself, why? You know, why? If they had just been coming from Moscow on their way to St. Petersburg, 
Why didn't they just assassinate him in Moscow if they wanted to take him out? Or was this intended to be a public display, you know, for a specific reason for propaganda? So if that's the case, and these are missiles that are targeting it, and of course the evidence is coming out now, that's pretty safe to say then at that point. Don't you agree that uh, Putin wants to make I mean, he's not trying to hide that if that's the case. I mean, don't you think? I mean, it- no, I, I agree. Um, definitely. Putin is trying to make a statement. Right. And right. It, it's just hard to understand what is the statement that you are trying to make. I, well, well sure. I can say what that is. Don't mess with me. I'm the big bad Vladimir Putin. I'm going to take you out. I'm maybe he and, you know, really, he doesn't care anymore. I mean, his reputation is already in the toilet. He knows this. I mean, he's not liked anywhere. His own people hate him. Uh, and he, he ever, I mean, he's, he's the villain that everybody loves to hate. Uh, right. I mean, I true. True. And I think, you know, remember also that Dmitry Utkin uh, was taken down with him. He was another uh, leader of the Wagner right. group. So, right. you know, it makes me when, when you hear the comments of what even in this recruitment video, uh, what this guy was saying, he, he was mentioning that, you know, we've been basically recruited to do some things and we aim to get it done. But when he says we will continue working on tasks that were sent to us, um, I don't think anybody really has an idea of what those tasks really were. And if they involved hits against Putin himself, you know, I think Putin would have a great difficult time trying to trust uh, a man uh, like this guy. He's yeah. You know, yes. He's not- I, I've seen reports that indicate that, uh, uh, he wanted to pull some of this Wagner force because it's its own army. It's its own army of uh, individuals um, that uh, uh, that that fight mar- that march on these on these orders that are given by the two that were just killed in that plane, Steve. I mean, right. these were two right. of the leaders. But I've seen reports even a while back that uh, Putin was uh, his goal was to pull more. He wanted more. Of, he wanted the Wagner group itself. To he wanted control of it. He wanted to pull them into, um, well, you know, they're in need of countrymen out there. Uh, the Russian forces. Uh, there have been so many of them that have been killed with the Ukraine conflict. Uh, they they've actually lowered the age and have recruited younger people. Uh, you know, and there's that's been a real sticking point to Russians. Uh, uh, you know, people that have to uh, send their young sons to war. Oh, to absolutely. Battle. Sure, it takes a toll. And if you can get uh, proxy fighters, you know, mercenaries to to do your dirty work, hey, power to you. That's the way they look at it. Uh, So I'm wondering here out loud with you a moment style here. But I mean, it's I mean, I think it could be a safe leap here uh, to say that as a um, somebody who's strategic uh, in nature, a thinker, uh, Putin would have seen that probably as an opportunity when you have a plane, when you ask why they wouldn't have back there. Well, I guess maybe the opportunity didn't come up because usually he poisons people or they end up with a bullet in the head somewhere, depending on how secret a public he wants to make it. That's his historically, that's his past when he takes people out. And he's done that before by taking them out on the streets of the UK. Uh, they've taken them out before people who have crossed the Putin line. And he just thinks he's got to be done to them. So maybe this is his way to take out the leadership and to um, make the statement and to maybe pull some of those forces into uh, Russian forces. I don't know. Is that far-fetched? 
Yeah, no, I think it's a possibility. I mean, when you think that he could have had him assassinated with one twenty-two caliber uh, shell, you know, that costs nothing versus um, launching two missiles that are much more costly, but it makes a public display. And I think he was definitely trying to send a signal saying, as you said, don't mess with me, because if you do, this is what's going to happen. We're going to blow you out of the sky and there's not a thing you can do about it. That's right. It certainly is no coincidence, to be sure. And this plane didn't go down. Obviously, we know it's not accidental um, with the missiles. How many of the news orgs right now, do you guess, from what you're seeing in the news feed and the stories, are they literally reporting as, as of this time and this evening as we're doing the broadcast? Are, do they, are they so far they're I mean, they are reporting that the missiles, uh, the the. Um, uh, surface-to-air missiles are, I mean, it's being reported on, right? I mean, they're not hiding that. Right. No, it's a, it's not hiding it. And, um, you know, I've seen plenty uh, of right. the uh, th- that type of scenario. This, this plane was definitely shot down. There's no question about that. It was on fire, and it was not an engine fire. It didn't look like that at all. It was smoking. Right. Um, and so, no, it was, I would say definitely it was taken down. I think those reports are likely accurate. Um, but as I said, it's it's just interesting hmm. that it happened the way it did, you know, just outside yeah. of Moscow. Well, the reason I even asked that is the early reports I seen as this news was breaking is that uh, there, there was no mention of missiles involved. You know, it was just that the plane went right. down. It was nothing it was, at all. You're seeing yep. that as well. OK. And it was sort yeah. of like it was an accident, Steve, or something. That's what. And, and I kind of did a like, oh, come on, you got to be kidding me. You're not buying the fact that this is an accident. Those are the first reports I've seen on the news feed, you know. Right. And then then finally came out a report that there was a second similar plane owned allegedly by Prigozhin, who, uh, which turned around and landed in Moscow. Now, that would be interesting. Who, which people were on the second plane hmm. and why were they not both shot down? It's just interesting. And I don't know what will unfold, but we'll have to just uh, keep updated yes. on that. I had no doubt in my mind, there was no doubt in my mind that after this incident with Prigozhin and the news feed of the march to Moscow and all of that, I had zero doubt, Steve, that his days were numbered. Zero. Oh, I agree completely. Yeah. I mean, he might have escaped a Houdini death right at that moment for whatever reason that was going on. This whole story that he was in Belarus and so on and so forth and everything was fine. I was not buying that either. I knew it was a matter of time because... Putin basically always gets his man. He always gets him and he's taken out more people over time. Uh, he's, you know, he's a, he's an evil dictator. I mean, is what he, he is. He's shrewd. He's evil. He gets his way and he knows how to get his way. Um, and I agree that it was uh, this whole thing was shrouded in uh, darkness. We really never knew what was happening. We never still to this day, I, I don't think anybody fully understands why they were a hundred miles out of Moscow and decided to turn around when they were going to uh, take out Putin. Um, it, it's just a bizarre situation. I think there's more to the story, don't you? There's something. Oh more yes, there. definitely. So whether or not we'll ever know it, who knows? Maybe some sometime uh, down the road in history, we'll we'll be reading yeah. about it. But I I get a feeling right now, and I'll say the audience, it's just a gut feeling. I don't have a basis to say to you to back this up with another statement, Steve. But I'm going to say to you. I think um, right now, as we talk here in uh, August 23, I think that um, Putin's days are numbered. 
Well, it's an interesting thought, and, and it may be, and, and this could be another reason why he's taking actions that he is. It's very hard to say. But, you know, I, I'm asking myself, uh, was this a good thing or a bad thing? And I think, well, these guys were just terrorists. I mean, uh, the Wagner legacy is that they create instability everywhere they go. And as the saying has been on several different sites I've seen, is that where Wagner Group goes, Death and destruction always follow. So these guys are just terrorists who are paid and fighting for a side that is paying them. And I think that people like that in the world, well, the world would just be a better place without them. So, you know, I don't I don't feel bad for this. Guy. Well, well, hold on. Um, I hear what you're saying and I, I, I understand. But, uh, you know, when he all right. When I, I got to finish this thought with when Prigozhin was going after Putin. Now, there was a lot of talk and rhetoric that, well, maybe if it like if he was if they if the mercenary group was really en route to Moscow and if they were going to really take him out and they really there was it was like some sort of a surprise thing. And I don't know how you do this. And they get that close to Putin. However, I say that. But some of the generals in the inner circle are not happy with Putin as well. That is a fact. And yes, there may yes. be an inroads there to do X, Y, and Z. This is the way I was thinking when this was happening in real time, Steve. And I thought, well, they could get in there. And then I thought, would that be a good thing? In other words, if they took, and, and let me ask you, maybe you can speculate and add a little intellect to that point. But if they were successful in there, and I have a reason why I asked this, but if they were successful in that and taking them out at that point, uh, would they have been a good thing, do you think? In other words, the the mercenaries, the terrorist group, would ever taken out the, the uh, evil dictator? Well, it's really hard to say, especially with Russia now being in bed with China, at least for a time. Um, it's really hard to say because when you take out a leader, you suddenly have instability. You might have a new um, a struggle for power in that country. It's hard to say. What you also have a nuclear happen. arsenal. Let's not forget, brother. Exactly I right. Mean, yeah. You'd, ha you'd fall mean, into rogue hands immediately, you know? You know, I, I feel like we are right in the middle of a Tom Clancy novel. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it, wow. You know, there's so much intrigue here, so much going on. It's very hard to get to the root of the whole thing, isn't it? Well, it is. Um, but it's like uh, I'm trying to remember the on viewpoint. Um, it was said uh, just this past week. Um, if you had said to me, oh, it was Trevor Loudon. I was just trying to think who said it was Trevor Loudon. Last week's viewpoint this Sunday, he said, you know, if you had told me you had written a novel, that you're coming into a new election and the current president has dementia and is out of his mind. It has made some of the steps and the miscalculations that he's done. And the leading contender is uh, being charged criminally with multiple indictments and so on and so forth. And he is the leading contender for this next massive general election. Uh, he said, and he laid it out in such a way, Steve, and he said, you know, if you had put that out there as a novel, you would have not been able to get a publisher to buy that thought process. Oh, yeah. It, it's deep and it's just incredible. I keep thinking that if I was a poli science major right now, how fascinating a time this would be to study all of this going down. Um, where is it all going to go? That's what everybody wants to know. But uh, it sure does seem like we are taking a little walk through the valley of the shadow of death because everywhere we turn, yeah. there are people being taken out and it's hard to figure out where the next strike is going to be. Yeah. Uh, although definitely the conservatives are being hit more than most.
Yeah, but yeah. They, I, yeah, I, you know, I was thinking. I was thinking a moment ago too when you're talking about Prigozhin. Uh, I was going to ask you a, a kind of a lame question: Is uh, when we're talking about him and Putin and the contest, it's like, is there such a thing as a good terrorist? Do you think, or a good mercenary, Steve? Huh. Well, yeah, and that you know, I was thinking that a few minutes ago. It's like even yeah. when you talk about the Ukraine war, uh, you, usually in any war, you know that who's the good guy and who's the bad guy. But in this case, they both seem to be bad guys. And even those who are fighting by proxy, there's just a whole lot more bad guys than any good guys, you yeah, know? I, yeah, yeah. Well, it becomes a lesser of evil, I guess, at that point. I don't really know, you know? It does. It yeah. does. But I hate that situation. Oh, um, it's not good. Well, many times, frankly, to, to, to be uh, not to be smug here, but we're, we, we're many times we get that same point when we have an election in America. It's the lesser of evils when we go into the ballot box a lot of the time. Well, you know? that's true. That's yeah. true. It's just real life. It's the way things it are. It is. I mean, it's, you got this choice or this choice. It's dumb or dumber. Which one do you want, please? Pull the lever quickly. R or D? <laughs> uh, I mean, and they typically are dumb and dumber, Republicans and Democrats alike. I mean, sadly, I hate to say it, but... Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I digress a little bit. But, you know, when I got into this thing as a political talker, I remember people trying to size me up, Steve, back then. And, and they would say, um, you know, Malcolm, you're you're a bit of a muckraker. And I remember thinking, well, I got to, well, you know, maybe that's a compliment, potentially. I don't know. Being a muckraker. Well, I think you- it could be, Malcolm. It really could be because you got to step back and say, what's really going on here? You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't follow. Uh, I don't uh, I don't s- sign on to the uh, blanketed uh, party politics of whatever it is. I would be the same thing when, when Trump says, you know, I'm not going to sign that disclaimer that says I got to support whoever that is that you people tell me just because you think you're the Wizard of Oz. It, it ain't happening. Oh, uh, I just love that when he said that, Malcolm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, what yeah, I say is what I say. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Well, that's why. Um, that's why President Trump had so much intrigue when he was in office. He was not one to play the game, and he still is not, and he is still fighting, and he's fighting the evil. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, so uh, well, let's. So well, this Prigozhin story is usual, but uh, is a very huge story. And just to be sure, sure with everybody, uh, as we've been talking here too, I, I've I've seen multiple things now in my. I mean, he is absolutely D D E A D. It is absolutely hundred percent confirmed. Uh, he is no longer part of the living, uh, and it was just a matter of time that that was going to happen with Prigozhin. How that plays into it with the Ukraine Russia strategy, we'll see. And also with more so Putin and the Wagner group itself. Uh, I remember the time early on in the Ukraine Russia conflict, and I was talking to you about this, Steve, early on too, but uh, where there was some real, real uh, conversation about him going after uh, Zelensky. I thought for sure they were going to take. So I, I'll tell you, I still don't know how they've been keeping Zelensky safe. Uh, based on all of this, but I thought for sure they'd take him out because he was really an annoyance you know, to the entire process of what Putin was trying to get at. And mer- the mercenaries were coming after him. And I don't know how they escaped that. I really, that was a Houdini act. Even to this moment, I don't understand. I agree. To this day, I mean, how can he still be walking this earth? I don't know. Um, but a lot of people felt that way about Progrosin, too, after his coup attempt. Um, yeah. Why did he let him hang around? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, as we continue on here, friends, with the valley of the shadow of death, uh, well, make sure think you want to start talking, you want to 
start start reading uh the um uh you know uh the the bible when you see that and you see the valley of the shadow of death i fear no evil right uh steve right uh, that's right yeah that's what comes to my mind immediately here but anyways uh, there's a lot of strange things happening and uh, this uh, next one we'll talk about is maui uh, and I've not opined on this at all. I've said nothing about it, um, but I, it, there are a few thoughts. And, and uh, Steve has followed this thing pretty closely, and our and our team has as well on on America Out Loud dot news. Our, our writers, our columnists, and our um, our, uh, our radio host, and all of that. They, I mean, they've done a pretty good job reporting on Maui on both sides of the conversation. Frankly, uh, I just really didn't have up front. I wanted to see where this was going. Before you, you know what I don't like, Steve, is when you take these sort of things and you jump on them and you make it and you get a little theory, too conspiracy theory driven. And you start, what about this? What? And a lot of people were doing that with Maui up front. Yeah. You know? And then they embarrass themselves. I agree. Yeah. I didn't want to, I just didn't want to <laughs> go there. I, I heard some pretty wicked stories and some of them I just didn't like. And I, and I, some of them I didn't buy. And I said, I'm not buying that. I just, I just don't see it. But it seems like that's the way. Anytime there is grief, people uh, in despair, people want to jump on it and populate it and make it their own personal Alex Jones hour. And uh, I see that they it's just all sens sensationalized too much. Please share the out loud truth. I mean, please, please share this three, four, five, eight, ten times over. Just keep sharing the truth out there. Put it out there everywhere. And, and let people know. And this is what you have here is a family of fighters. Um, this is patriotism here at its best. People who passionately care for our country, uh, their, their, their American Christian values, uh, their constitutional values. Uh, they're people who just love our nation. And uh, you, you just can't, uh, you just can't top that friends. There's nothing more powerful than a, than a Christian patriotic American. Those are the people who fought many times over for our nation and have fought for this uh, uh, this magnificent uh, American experiment that we're on. And we, and we are under fire right now, though. And we've got we've to fight this all back here. Take a quick pause. We'll join you just on the other side on The Voice of a Nation. The silent majority has spoken. We say, let the silent voices be heard. You can be the voice of change. Contact our producer at Liberty at America Outloud.com. Liberty at America Outloud.com. Well, the out loud truth was the rallying call that started it all. America Outloud.news was an idea, a movement, a place where folks would feel comfortable speaking the truth without being censored or canceled. The First Amendment is alive and well. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. 
Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus and strengthen recall. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system becomes less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus-hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Welcome back into the broadcast, my fellow Americans and all of our dear friends around this beautiful planet Earth. Someday we're going to be on another planet doing these broadcasts. I don't know when or how. Uh, maybe jump on a, a ship with Elon Musk or something and end up somewhere. I don't know. But uh, welcome in here to the broadcast. It is the voice of a nation. Malcolm Along here. And uh, Dr. Steve Latulip is in with me here today. And um, we're talking about some of these uh, stories, the Valley of the Shadow of Death. And we start with the Prigozhin story. It's a breaking news story uh, with the Wagner Group and the plane shot down with a couple of missiles. Uh, and uh, that, uh, you know, this was only a matter of time. It was a ticking time bomb, really, uh, for what he was, uh, you know, uh, trying to pull off with Vladimir Putin. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens here. If Putin overplays his hands uh, or what's going to happen exactly. This is a dangerous, dangerous area of the world, though, being a nuclear arsenal as they are. Uh, if these ever fall into the wrong hands, uh, all bets are off. Uh, to be sure here. I want to talk to you as well about this Maui Inferno here, a moment here. And uh, all right, so 
I don't even know. Yeah, it's hard to know, Steve, where even to start with this one, other than here's what I would say. If I was to meet you in the elevator somewhere, Steve, and we were dropping, going up, uh, you know, uh, 10, 12, 15 floors, and it was a small elevator, I had a few seconds. Here's what I'd say. Uh, but <laughs> can you believe this thing, this Maui thing? Well, first of all, I'd say Hawaii is really a communist state. I mean, they're in line with uh, California. I've been there many times. I know the politics out there. And I mean, they were COVID central uh, to making everybody lock and step. Uh, and so I don't like their politics by any stretch of the imagination. They've taken this piece of paradise and politicized it uh, in a bad way. But the fact that the water guy wouldn't give him the water to put the fire out and the fact that that went on for, I believe, a couple hours, Steve, is that a correct statement? About a couple it hours? is correct. That's the insane. entire response to this whole disaster was wrong. Everybody was asking what is going on here because it was exactly the opposite of what you would have expected in any type of a natural disaster. Why would the, why would the guy, the, he, from what I gathered from this dude, and he publicly in videos, other stuff he put out there, he just considered water like a precious, precious commodity kind of thing, and he didn't want to share it, and there's something about that, and the place is burning down, he didn't want to save, share the water? Is that is there more to that story, or is that as well, lame there as has it is? To yeah, there has to be more to that story because, you know, first of all, there were lives at stake and human life is precious and it should be to everyone. And you use whatever resources you have. But obviously he didn't care about human life, though, if he didn't share the water, Steve. That's not exactly. true for this guy. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's remember also that there was no early warning system even used. I mean, that's the other big thing. What happened to the yeah, sirens well, they have there for tsunamis and other problems? And, and, and you know, you're, and you, did you see that smart ass what he said after the fact? He, yes. he wouldn't change his mind. He'd do the same thing again. Right. Right. Atrocious. Just to commit mass murder. Commit mass murder. Exactly right. And and not only that was the early warning system not used, but there were there were no resources provided so that people could even escape. I mean, remember, they were jumping exactly. into the water. They're on an island. People, yeah, people were drowning. People were couldn't escape the fire. Many of them burned up simply because they could not evacuate. I mean, there's no excuse for that whatsoever. No, th no, there's not, you know, and, and it makes me uh, it makes me think of um uh, the, um, the, the, the dude Jones, uh, that where they took all the drinks and they all died. What's his name again, Steve? Oh um, yeah. Yeah. Jim Jones, Jim Jones. I know what I was thinking when I yeah, said that. When yeah. came to, hold on. I was thinking what came to my mind was Alex Jones. I better not say that publicly. That would not be a correct. <laughs> I don't know why that came to my mind, but I was thinking, no, it's Jones, Jim Jones. Yeah. Jim Jones. Right. And, well, let, let me ask you this. What's different about a Jim Jones and doing what he did and this guy not turning the sirens on or giving the water where they all die. And literally by the, the we don't, the final count is going to be un, nothing like we've seen in our life at any lifetime, probably. You know, what's oh, different? right. Well, re remember, this fire uh, had killed uh, when they reported the, the deaths being in excess of 90. It was declared the greatest fire um, disaster in, in American history. And and now we know that there are still over a thousand people that are missing. And we know they're going to show up or they're not going to show up because their remains are so charred and burned that they'll never be found. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and the fact that to answer your Jim Jones question, sure, if there's water, it was not used. There was evacuation potential. It was not used. The power grid was not and should have been shut down with those high winds. 
Um, everything about this whole thing was wrong. And that makes us raise the question. You start thinking, okay, another conspiracy. And of course, they'll call it a conspiracy theory. We, theory if we suggest a conspiracy, but that's exactly what happened. And if we just look at the facts of what happened, there was a fire supposedly caused by high winds resulting in, in downed power lines. Uh, now, the power lines, electrical fires are hideous. I once had an in-flight emergency with an electrical fire in my private plane flying back uh, from Idaho to Oregon, and it was not fun. Uh, but that's why we have emergency procedures in place, and I use them appropriately. And I put the plane down, landed, walked away safely to fly another day. But when you have all of these um, these measures in place to protect the population from such types of disasters, right. and you don't use any of them, you don't even open the checklist to say, what ought we to do? They just didn't do it. You know that there is something more going on. And that's why everybody is asking the, still to this question, what has really happened here? But we're, the story's unfolding and we're getting a clearer picture as we go. Yeah, we are. Um, so right now, the count changes uh, a lot. Every hour it changes clearly as they find these folks here. But it's uh, at least 115 or north of that as to the latest count a moments ago here. Um, again, changes by the moment here, friends. So, But there's still some reports are saying there's about 800 missing, but then I see 1,000 missing. So there's still a whole bunch of people missing. I don't think those people are necessarily on holiday, Steve, if they're missing. Exactly. Uh, so they, a lot I of don't think they're going to show up. No, a lot of those people are not going to be shut up, which brings me to the bigger point. When we talk about, you know, the biggest fire, or the biggest death count of this particular case, well, the fire that comes to my mind would be the Great Chicago Fire, uh, Steve. That's what comes to my mind as far as real numbers of devastation, you know. Yes, it's a good analogy. And, and it is. And that fire was about 300 lives uh, destroyed uh, uh, over 17,000 buildings. Wow. And uh, covering about three and a half square miles, it says here, uh, 200 million in damage. Of course, that was uh, that was back in the 1870s. Uh, so, you know, uh, when they talk about 200 million in damage, that would be in the billions and billions of dollars in today's numbers, to be sure. That was a lot of money back, back then. Even. Definitely, definitely. Uh, so and that's a lot of people. But this one here, what do you think? I mean, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised to see this go well north of 500, right? Well, you know, no, absolutely it will. Um, I, I think what really told the story for me early on, because I, I did write an article on this on the 15th, so it was only a week after it happened. Yeah. But that picture that they posted of Joe Biden on the beach in Delaware, just relaxing, sipping his tea or whatever he was sipping while the fire was going on. It, I mean, the... The example it brought to mind was as Rome was burning, Nero was having a party, smiling, you know, just relaxing yeah. and um, was aware of it all, of course. Uh, but we don't, we can't say that about Joe Biden because he he's not aware of much. But whoever is in charge of this whole thing, they knew. They knew what was going down. They intentionally did nothing. And as this story unfolds, we are finding out that FEMA, for example, that was sent there, they have been absolutely worthless. They have done nothing to help the people of Maui. Now, why do you think that is when this is a this is as bad of a blue city state as you could possibly ask for? Why would that be? 
Yeah, exactly. You would think that, you know, if they're in the enemy's camp, in a sense, I mean, as liberal as the state is, you'd think they would help their own. But obviously, they seem to have other plans. You know, what really struck me as interesting is that the the FEMA was calling for an official media blackout on any new disaster footage. They did not want people to see it. In fact, I saw one post where uh, this guy was flying a drone they took down his drone, nullified it in the air, and then went after him. Now, why would they do that? Because he wasn't doing anything illegal. But they don't want the public to know uh, the damage that has been done for obvious reasons, um, because nothing was done to implement it. Yes. And uh, in fact, there was a, a quote uh, from the one Fox News media that, that covered this story. Will Kane uh, was the reporter. And he said that when you attempt to control information, you sow the seed of conspiracy theory. And so he was suggesting, yeah, maybe we ought to tell the story here, but they definitely don't want to do it um, for whatever reason. But, uh, you well, know, think back to the 2020 campaign uh, of Biden. What was his slogan? It was, you remember, build back better, right? Right, yes, of course. And, and, and so now what we're hearing is like, Oh, okay. The, we are now getting some meaning to those words because here mm. another crisis uh, was seized. The opportunity was seized to maximize on this crisis to take land from these people who have been long-term landowners there. And now these people are being coerced to sell their property so that they can build the 15-minute well, city. And right, but the, the city and the governor and others have come out and said that's not going to happen. Of course, they've all said that. The Fed said that. But yeah, that land would be prime now that they couldn't got, have gotten before because that area of town was an old part of town with all wooden structures and all of that. I've been to Maui several times, like I say, and... Uh, I was never ter terribly impressed with that particular island out of all, uh, out of all the Hawaiian islands, uh, Steve. For me personally, it was not one of my top ones to go to. I don't know. You, did you like it yourself? It was okay. Well, I, you know, I have, I've been to Lahaina and uh, I did not like it. I thought it was just a party place and all. I, but I was on the South Shore and I thought that was absolutely beautiful. I was out there. Well, that's what they um, want us, the South Shore. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they do. <laughs> That's what and the I, real estate people want, I'm saying, you know? So. Yeah, they do. But Lahina is is on the West uh, Shore primarily. And it's, uh, you know, what they're doing to these people. Uh, we're, we're seeing reports now of people that are, are saying that they are being really pressured to sell their property to get the heck well, out of there. It, it, and, but yeah, they, they, and they're being restricted from it as far as dollars go. And whether I, I don't think they're going to be able to do all that and pull that off in the light of day. Uh, so it's either one of two things. This was either a, a set of coincidences that just happened to happen, or there's something bigger here. Let me read you this statement from Newt Gingrich, who... Um, because uh, he kind of nails a couple of points here. He says, I think this visit to Maui, frankly, is just plain frightening. Speaking of uh, Joe Biden's visit there, he said, how can you have a commander in chief who is totally out of touch with reality? Who makes up a story which is a lie? Who has no understanding of the scale of the disaster which has occurred? Uh, who has literally has no empathy for the human beings around him? And I think, and of course, as you point out, can't even stay awake. Now I think people need to look at this not as a political problem, but as a national 
problem. We have a commander-in-chief that makes you wonder who's making the decisions. That Well, we thought about that from day one, dude, you know. He said, I personally have a hunch it's Barack Obama, which he's, I hope, I hope Newt's not late to the game with that because we've and talking about that right along. Oh, he yeah, says, we've been saying that for the last oh, couple of years. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. <laughs> he, he says, and you have to wonder, how is the system running in a real crisis? How could Joe Biden decide anything? It could all be delegated. And frankly, as an American, I'm ashamed. Well, I agree with Newt's statements there. I'm ashamed as well, especially when this cat is on the world stage making a ass out of everything. Um, yeah, it it's, gives me the chills, frankly. But that's well, what they want. Us- yeah, it shows us the status of our current government. It is totally incompetent, but I'd always go beyond that and say it, it is willful incompetence. They are trying to take us down. I mean, I, I've i been saying that since my uh, first infamous speech uh, at the Salem Capitol building in November 7, 2020. They are trying to take us down. And this all seems to be building up to that, to just proving the point I mean, you look at when when Biden finally did show up there in Maui, I mean, his gaffes were incredible. He made an absolute fool of himself, you know, saying the ground is still warm, joking about it. He had a false empathy, uh, you know, joking about his Corvette that he almost lost. Yeah, because of a little kitchen fire. Come on. Yeah. Oh, I've seen all those. I've read all that. Yeah, all those reports that's about the kitchen fire and all. And uh, we, 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 have, we can understand what you're going through. What the hell are you talking about? Yeah. And of course, sure. He understands. All right. As he gives $700 per, to, uh, per family to the Maui residents. Yet look at the billions and billions going to Ukraine. Right. What a joke. 700 bucks. Keep oh. it. Thank you. You know, right. It's an insult. Um, yeah, well, let's uh, continue with our uh, theme here, uh, Steve, on the uh, Valley of the Shadow of Death. And uh, I want to get in here, the the story about the athletes and what's happening here. There's been a few of these, man, I'll tell you. And, uh, you know, so this uh, Reggie Cheney is a former college basketball player at Houston and Arkansas both. And he's dead at 23 years old, this uh, young player, 23 years old. He was just going to become part of the Houston Cougars. Uh, and um, uh, he, he was part of them, rather, and uh, the Final Four team in 2021 and played with the uh, Arkansas Razor Bla- uh, Razorbacks. Um, f- very interesting. And then there, you see this other story, the two men that died in Ireland. Did you just see that one with the competition of the Ironman event? Did you see that yes, one? Yes, yes, yes. And these, and these are not, you know, one was in the 40s or so, but, I mean, it's not something that normally happens. Um, when these things happen, it seems to be, uh, and I, I hate to speculate too much, and I, I don't like jumping on people's graves or using fear or that sort of thing. But the one thing we've noticed is the common thing that happens um, uh, uh, with these stories is there appears to be radio silence with not only the story, but there's no answer for anything. It's always, uh, you know, natural causes or we don't really know what unexplained death. And they sort of leave it at that. The families never come out and clear anything up either, we find. And then people start talking. That's, I think, the problem with these things. It's not to say this couldn't happen from some other realm or disability or uh, hypothetically some of the problem he might have. We don't know. But what you don't know, then the vacuum is filled with speculation. Is that what goes on here or Yes, except, you know, when you look at the forever statistics looking backwards, when you saw a sudden death, I mean, when I did physical exams, uh, sports physicals, specifically 
we were trying to rule out one cardiac condition called hypertrophic, hypertrophic obstructive cardiomyopathy. Mm -hmm. And that occurred at a very, very low incidence. You never saw it uh, it, anywhere to the degree that we are seeing these cardiac deaths right now. And the, the fact that there is silence over it tells you that something is trying to be covered up. And that's, that's become more than obvious because we're seeing it. I mean, you're getting these reports in these famous athletes, you're getting the reports like we had a few airline pilots who were incapacitated on flights uh, recently, and it's happening every single day. So you can imagine how much more frequent it's happening in the the everyday population of people, you know, and I, and I see it all the time. You get on these threads of sudden death and it is totally devastating. Well, and what's even includes... worse than all this is all this is happening, Steve, and they're still pushing vaccines, still doing it. Oh, Malcolm. And right now, look at the, the every cold and flu season yeah. now yeah. is going to be a new pandemic threat, right? And yeah. another uh, death opportunity, talking about walking through the shadow, you know, of the valley of death, yeah. uh, more masks, more lockdowns, more isolations, yeah. more yeah. shots. Well, let Everything, me say... T that Tom Rentz went off on this yesterday's show about the mask. I don't know if you heard of it. It was a great show. Uh, Tom Rentz on the network he talked about all this stuff and the, the mask cover up and all be going to podcast. So you hear it. But um, and then I see all these reports on the newsfeed that were coming in the last few days of the COVID upsurge and fear and all that. And then Axios has a piece. New COVID boosters are still weeks away as cases oh. surge in the U.S., what the hell would anybody take a COVID booster for at this point? You've got to have rocks in your head if you do that. Oh, yeah. You've got to be an absolute imbecile. And um, I agree with you. How in the world can anybody think about doing this or or giving that shot to their kids? I mean, that that is, it's beyond insane. It's just, it's got to be evil. I mean... Yeah, there's no I, other way. And there, and, and there seems to be no end in sight with this, Steve. There seems to be no end in sight with this whole, uh, I mean, the COVID exercise. They continue. That's right. Well, look at how successful it was, Malcolm. I mean, yeah, they succeeded. Yeah. Uh, we responded exactly as they hoped we would. And even more, I would suggest. And hopefully more people are learning their lesson. We'll soon find out because I'm sure they're going to lock us down again. They are going to uh, try to get us to mask up everywhere we go. Now, some of the um, colleges have started that. Uh, we had read a couple of reports. Have, yes. Yeah, we read a couple of reports on Pulse. Uh, Dr. McCullough and I talked about that are uh, demanded masks. And like we told folks, I would tell them to, you know, tell them to stick that education where the sun don't shine and go find another college. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Else. But yep. I mean, why would you take And When people say that, well, I took it because of, you know, my college or I took it because of my job. Well, you know what? When this thing hits you, it's not going to matter. You're, you're making a lame decision based on something that, that is not as important as your life, as your life. Uh, why right, would you risk right. that? Why would you risk that? I mean, my exactly. God. So, and there's going to be more and more of that happening, Steve. I mean, that we're seeing and people I, I'm seeing, you know, I got to say, if I was to share, you should see a lot of the emails that are coming into the platform here. And I, I you know, we got so many, I, I can't keep up, but, and people are in fear for their lives. People are asking us and saying, tell me, we're not going to all die that had, you know, I was forced to take two, two jabs and I, I don't want to know. And, you know, I'm not feeling well. And I, I just have a sense of fear that something's got. And, and I thought to myself, Stephen, I thought, 
And, and, and I, it's hard to relate because I didn't do any of that stuff. And my, my family and wife and children did not. We, we just refused to play that game. I, I was not to anywhere near that. And uh, But imagine if you had, and you're now walking through uh, the shadow of death again, basically, Steve, and you're talking and you're walking through life and you have this fear of knowing like the ticking time bomb of everybody who is dropping for whatever reason and cancer on the rise, diabetes on the rise, heart problems are on the rise. All kinds of things are on the rise. Mark Hardatus on the rise. I mean, they're dropping. Yeah. All this is hanging over your head and you knew you took a couple of shots at a booster or two. I mean, that's not a good scene, buddy. That's I, Think about the fear inside of your body and your soul. Yeah, Malcolm, that is just uh, anybody's worst nightmare because I'd like to say, well, it, it's irrational thinking, but it is not. It is a legitimate fear based on everything that we know scientifically right now. All the, the best that we can hope to, uh, to advise people is don't ever take another shot, stay healthy, eat healthy, you know, do everything you can to maximize your health and realize that worry itself is extremely detrimental to physical health, emotional 100%. health and, and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Fear is uh, fear is not good. Fear is, is, is a four-letter word that does start with F and it will kill you. Uh, yes, you know that, Steve. I mean, that's a bit, it is true. It's not a good deal. Fear itself. It you, well, you as a medical doctor know that. I mean, that's... Uh, uh, right. I mean, fear. is. Oh, I dealt with it all the time, Malcolm. The, the fear, it, it causes so much illness. I, I used to think when I first went to medical school, I thought, OK, you know, um, the uh, probably five, 10 percent of all illnesses caused by psychiatric causes. Now, I think I've reversed it and say it's got to be at least 90 yeah. percent. I really believe that. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, my, my, my friends, uh, we'll be covering in the next many days the uh, the 2024 election, the uh, the debates and all of that that is uh, happening here. And um, and of course, uh, the uh, beloved uh, Donald Trump and his own uh, um, his own party, if you will, with uh, Tucker Carlson. Uh, what an amazing move that was. Uh, really a brilliant PR move, frankly. Uh, but we'll, we'll see where the tea leaves fall on all this. I'm anxious to see some of it uh, in the uh, days and uh, weeks ahead as you are out there. Uh, we look forward to covering that with you with uh, some of our uh, great experts and uh, voices here on the platform. Hey, thank you for joining us on the mission here. It's time to get involved and get loud, America.